saying that we can't stop this. You were supposed to die on that bridge. You're not supposed to be here. You're short of death. So you let death have somebody else in your place, and then you take their spot in the realm of the living, all the days and years that they've yet to live. And they take your place in death. Then the books are balanced. Hey guys, welcome back to Spooky Tuesday, a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers, thrillers, monster movies, and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week. I'm Sydney Thompson. I'm Monica Height. And I'm Chelsea Duff. And this week we have with us uh, my child. Uh, wow. I know. <laughs> what an honor to be granted that position. An honor. That's Can you believe really that I am old enough to have a 22-year-old child? <laughs> Can you believe? I can't. Wow. I can't I don't believe want to it. think about believing that. Thank so <laughs> okay. uh, this is Spencer. Spencer, say hi to everybody. Hey guys, I'm Spencer. I'm not really 22. I'm nine. And they allow me to watch <laughs> horror movies and rated R comedies. And I, I've I'm terrified and my school teacher doesn't know what to say to me anymore. Oh He's got God. no bedtime, folks. He's staying up late. <laughs> Here's the thing. Just like my cousins when I I was little, they could watch all the scary movies and I wasn't allowed to. You're so cool for a nine year old. Wow. Wow. Dude, wait till you see my Pokemon card collection. Actually, though, how old are you? Are you 22? I'm 22. Okay. I'm 22. <laughs> Just so the listeners, because that was very believable. And, and the Pokemon Great prank. Like, yeah, it was really like cool. Oh, I gotcha. We I got love you. pranks on Spooky Tuesday. Yeah, it's clear that you're a listener because um, prank queen Chelsea here uh, is a big, big prankster here on the pod. <laughs> we haven't had a prank in a while, Chelsea. Maybe in season three, I like to you'll keep bring spicy, some back Keep in. everybody on their toes. <laughs> Well, I do it all the time. You exactly. I gotta it's sneak so them in. It's so true. Too true. <laughs> well, we're really excited to have you on the pod. It's so amazing to know that Sydney has adopted a child, and she's just telling us now. Um, you, but congratulations you. to both of you. <laughs> cool, mom. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> but this is a very very special episode. It's, a, it's an emotional episode. I mean, we've just announced a, a child. Um, but besides that emotion, there's more. It's the end of many things. It's actually, the, some would say, the final destination for, for, for many aspects of our life. One of which is final destination summer. We finally reached the end of it. And I just don't know if I can let go. Um, I mean, we're going to have to let go because then we're going into spooky fall. That's true. That's true. All great things must come to to an end, including season two of Spooky Tuesday. This is our season finale episode. And I know it's grandiose. You're horrified. What will we do without you for only one week? Because we'll be back next week with season three. (laughs) You'll just have the regular six days off. I think you'll manage, but think of us constantly. It's a season break. Yeah, it's a season break. A We're going to rest during that time. So exactly. You know, totally. oh, we will. 
we'll we will be definitely resting during that we'll be, time we'll be incredible loading episodes recording at breakneck pace so that you we have literally, a little rest you as a listener have no idea the stress we've been under but to you it'll only be a week so don't worry everything's to you, fine we're time traveling we're coming to you from the past we would never so, leave y'all hanging no no we're not even doing that little fun bonus episode thing that we did last year no immediately into season three no breaks um but anyway final destination five is the perfect season finale and the perfect end of the final destination series i mean as of 2011 we all know that final destination six is coming at some point in the future but in case you haven't seen it one stop listening right fucking now and go watch it literally like i don't want to spoil this for anyone because i didn't get spoiled and if i spoil it for you i'm going to this will be my final destination and that i'm very serious <laughs> so that's the first thing pause if you haven't watched it but okay also here's the imdb description death returns to claim the lucky survivors of a deadly bridge collapse in this fifth frightening installment of the series i like that Nice. I felt like it's poetry. I'm snapping. I know, right? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. We, we do this. We start off the same way every time. Who had seen this movie before? Tell us your feelings. My hand is up. I oh, watched go. it in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was sheltered as a child. I had very strict parents, could not watch a lot of scary movies. So I had to <laughs> sneak around to watch them. And, nice. uh, my friends in high school and I, we all would go out to we called it the farm. It was some guy's hunting cabin. And, you know, everyone, yeah, it, it was scary. And so <laughs> we were broke. So we went to Walmart to find a movie in like the, the $5 bin. And we got five Final Destination movies for the price of $5. Wow. We, we watched them deal. all in one night. And I've been oh scared of a lot of things ever since. A lot all of things. All in one night. Oh, my God. Okay. That's so you did a speed run evening. through the franchise we've stretched it out this summer i think that's been a really good pace what was it like watching them all back to back you're scared of everything i, I you know your anxiety levels <laughs> must have been so high for so long for the listeners that haven't listened to one through four uh log trucks terrifying <laughs> roller coasters terrifying going to the gym with swords above you terrifying uh spongebob so style motors terrifying i'm i'm scared NASCAR. i don't leave my house i'm a bubble boy I live in a bubble. NASCAR terrified. And you're in the South. So presumably that is more present for you than it is for me. You can ask my mother, Sydney. I was actually born at a NASCAR race. <laughs> he was. Mega <laughs> baby. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I could not have handled that at all. Seeing them all in one sitting. I was saying to the girls earlier in the summer, Like after the first one, I needed a month to recover, to get ready (laughs) for the second one. And like, here's a little intel into how many episodes we've recorded. We recorded Final Destination 4 just last week. And it was a little soon (laughs) for me (laughs) to see Final Destination 5 the week after. Um, I had never seen this movie before. I did that thing, which no one should ever do, which is watch a kill compilation of all the kills from Final Destination. Um, And so I had seen several of the deaths in this and wasn't sure if I'd actually seen the movie, but I hadn't seen it. I'm really happy because it's much better as a succinct whole. Um, But I will say that I think I was the most freaked out for this one compared to all the rest of them. I was losing my absolute shit watching this last night. I could not handle it. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into the deaths too fast, but like the gymnastics death scene, I think oh, is the absolutely most fuck that. like absolutely on fuck the that. edge uh-huh. of your seat, hiding behind your eyes death in the whole franchise. Like there are so many things that are set up that you're like anxious waiting for something to happen in that scene. And like, they're all sort of relevant, but it just goes completely off the rails. Um, I and, left the room. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's painful. It's painful to watch. Whenever they do like a nail sticking out of the floor kind of thing in a horror movie, it is like the absolute worst thing I can ever imagine. Like a quiet place does the same thing. And it is just so terrible. Because then you feel it while you're walking too. Yes, your feet hurt. It's like you got a splinter under there. Like you're just scared. Well, guess what, babes? I have a fucking needle phobia. So how do you think I felt? (laughs) How do you think I felt during this movie? In the most benign rom-com and someone goes to the doctor and they get a shot. I'm like, ah, I have to cover my (laughs) eyes because I cannot see a needle go into skin. I can receive shots, but I just can't look at it. Uh This movie has all my triggers that I didn't know I had. Bridges are terrifying. (laughs) Bridges are terrifying. Also, the eye scene, like I can't even watch people put contacts in and out and so this one I had to fast forward I was like I cannot do this I cannot do this yeah well yeah it's really rough my friends at the time found out that I really was uncomfortable around eyes and so all of the ones with contacts would come up to me and just poke themselves in the eyes to fuck with me Ew. Oh my god and let me What's tell you with them? That's Sydney, not cool. not, those children Sydney you're gonna he get pink eyes mom okay. I'm getting bullied it's okay we'll deal with them okay well another thing about this movie that i didn't know but it was very apparent um after the opening credits again final destination five it was a 3d movie love it i love that they're like you know what final destination four kind of sucked but you know what didn't suck about it 3d we got to keep it 3d if we go back to 2d we're we're not up in the ante we're we're bringing it down we got to make it more in your face um, but I feel like it seemed less like 3D gimmicky for me for this yeah, one compared for sure. to the fourth one. Like, I mean, I they have really notice anything except for like, okay, I just remembered one. Never mind. I will shut up. What were you going to say? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's mainly, I think this is what you're thinking of, but the, the sailboat and then the ending credits, I think are what really drives it home. And but the opening they had, credits. Yeah. They had some time, I would imagine after fd4 the not so final final destination um i think to see like how it did on home video which was a thing back in the day before streaming services where you can't like really track how much people are watching it as much um but so i think they must have seen like maybe maybe it wasn't as received as well on dvd sales at walmart unlike sponsors experience um like maybe it just didn't get the same reception and so they were like okay doing it so gimmicky means that we're like hurting ourselves on the back end which is where so much of money is made for movies um after the fact so I wonder if that like factored in and then they did it where it didn't really matter in terms of like storytelling and like viewer experience because I've never seen this movie in 3D I've only ever seen it in regular 2D I would literally die to somehow see this in 3D. Does anyone do 3D anymore? I want to do 3D. How do I do 3D? I had the weird paper glasses, but it was still 2D. (laughs) There was like a movement for a while where they were trying to sell 
TVs that were like 3D capable for people's yeah. homes, but I, I don't think it that. took off because everybody was like, why would I do that? Because you want to be like, whoa, whoa, in your own home, you know? <laughs> well, like, oh, like the shit, I thought I was going to get hit in the right? face. Like that was What'd the big gimmick. Like? Oh, 3D? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 3D. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, it was just a way to upsell tickets for sure. Yeah, like 2008 <laughs> to 15. It was like you couldn't watch a movie without 3D. And it was fun seeing all those like Pixar movies in 3D where it just made the experience like a little richer, but you knew that it would be like still very watchable on 2D after the fact, but I don't know. Yeah, I now that I'm thinking about it, I'm seeing more of where those moments happen, but let's get into the the beginning of this movie because uh, I've this this like opening sequence like slaps so hard like I was not expecting it to slap this hard because I thought I'd seen the best of the best um but this one is like in the run for the money for the best opening scene um the the little prequel is a little hilarious I do like that this setup is co-workers because they haven't done that before and Mm -hmm. damn that really adds some interesting social layers to it. Like, oh, yeah. like I'm yeah. confused a little bit though. Like, okay. yeah. what? So the main guy is Sam, right? Uh-huh. Is he an intern? But he's no. also a chef. He's, like, because they're a he paper company. So stamina. He, he works for the people energy. company as a sales associate because he does i don't know he's he's hustling and then his real passion is cooking and being a chef my man has two jobs jobs. you should respect him for that he's a single mom who works two jobs who loves his kids (laughs) and never stops (laughs) here's the thing with the rise of or with more people becoming aware that they are into dirty line cooks again thanks to the bear Uh um, still haven't seen it great social timing for this to happen for us <laughs> no, yeah it's not i think that he, can um, cook. he makes a waffle breakfast for everyone he's the greatest co-worker ever he's terrible at selling paper but he's a wonderful man okay you're not gonna fire the the guy that brings fresh hotcakes to work every day he's no, got job security that's he's true. very smart he's very smart he's buttering them up literally <laughs> I mean, what's that like to live deliciously? It's like, who would say no, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, They set up a lot of like really fucked up uh, social dynamics within the office place though, right away. Like, don't we love that Peter is dating a- uh, An intern? intern? Mm -hmm. That's cool, that's cool. Um, And- The intern is slut shaming the full-time employees. The full-time employees are- getting a little nude at work well she's the intern's not career focused is what i'm really learning from this (laughs) he's thinking too short term like this isn't this isn't sustainable for growth in the company like she's passionate about gymnastics yeah yeah (laughs) well i hate to spoil a little bit but she's not great at gymnastics Oh, she's well, not okay. bad at gym. There was a lot could, of other. There was a lot of play. stuff going on, but I don't know a lot about gymnastics. So, <laughs> um, I found her to be insufferable throughout. But you know, we're still. We're I, I think with the main core kind of four characters, though, they were better than a lot of them, though, than a lot of the movies. 
Yeah, I mean, I I liked this cast a lot more than um, the previous cast. I thought they were better, like FD4 or the Final Destination. Um, I think that, yeah, I just think I thought that I cared about them a little bit more. I, they they were better at acting. I think they're like their love, like Sam and Molly. I was like I was rooting for them. Okay, it wasn't as single level. Um, shallow that's another way to say it uh, <laughs> some of the other characters i didn't like sam and molly i don't know but peter i was very invested in peter i'm team and peter. eyebrows and olivia team peter she I'm was team great peter. olivia was we'll the hottest there. person ever ever and she and her real name is jacqueline hold on that's a hot name Me- that is a hot name mackinswood jacqueline mackinswood it's two different last names. I have no idea how to say the middle one. I'm sorry. She has been on The Bold and the Beautiful for like 30 years. Good for her. Yeah. 1990 through 2022. Oh, 2022. I know how to say years. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Sweet God. How old is she? Was she born on The Bold and the Beautiful? She might have been born on The Bold and the Beautiful, just like how you were born at Daytona. <laughs> I mean, Talladega, Dega, I'm sorry, it's the wrong D word. The (laughs) only person in this movie, quite frankly, is Tony Todd. Tony Todd, word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's more present in this movie than any other movie except maybe the first one. Like he has that one scene in FD2, but he really gets more opportunities to shine here than pretty much any other one so far. Well, they like sneak him in too. Because, like, you don't really get Tony Todd until later on in the movie after you've seen him a couple times. Yeah, like, they, he's got, like, that sexy up. monologue, too. Oh, my God. There's this, there's, well, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it now because we're going to get to it later. All right. Do you want to talk about the opening, the opening death scene? The premonition death? Because it well- was so cool (laughs) yes but just before that I do think what you were saying about like caring about this cast of characters as opposed to some of the other ones I think um they really benefit when you get to spend like a few minutes with them before the opening disaster um and and we got that a little bit in the first one with like the kids all hanging out at the airport and stuff and we got that a little bit in the third one with them all like at senior night at the amusement park but I think that's something that like FD4 and FD2 are really missing is you don't get as much time with the especially FD2 because like you see FD2 you could kind of couldn't have because they weren't all friends before Mm -hmm. yeah they're all strangers to each other so but so you get like these interpersonal conflicts already where you're like picking sides and investing and like seeing people's motivations, etc. I think it just gives you more of an opportunity. But I also think with this one, like with Isaac, um, they give you a lot of people to hate too, where you're kind of like waiting for them to die the whole time, waiting oh, for man. it to be their turn. Who is he Isaac? calling? Who is he calling? Kimber, Amber, maybe Courtney was also a name. Uh. He hey, must be incredible he's in bed. He's got to be incredible in bed because he's absolutely a scumbag and he's such an asshole to everyone. He must have something magical going well, on that as we a, don't see. From the male perspective, I'll tell you what's magical about him. Later on in the movie, you see him in the full Kill Bill suit. Yellow uh, like jumper thing. 
he's got the Kill Bill suit. And really, if you've got the Kill Bill suit, that's all you need. Ah, uh, yes. That's all what right. really gets the women going. The Kill that's Bill suit. That's what we love. And he works in IT, so can help with any of your computer problems you might be having. He He's has nice. the uh, Joshua Jackson in urban legend things where he definitely has a big dick. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> even though we all here think that the characters were more developed in this movie, um, Roger Ebert, did, did I say his name right? I always like smash the two names together. I'm not looking at it. Roger Ebert. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He had a fucking hilariously scathing review of this movie. It was Classic. so funny. It was awesome. Like it was. He's such a funny. hater. He's such a hater. <laughs> I mean, it was like kind of nice, like a little bit, but like, but mean. Um, and this, this, this is what he said at the beginning. Um, FD five shows a lot of ingenuity. The recurring theme this time will be skewering and lots of it. The characters have names, but they might as well have been called after items for shifts kebab, lamb, chicken, mushrooms, onions, tomatoes, some nice peppers. I like to use green, red, and yellow. <laughs> it just turns into a recipe blog. Right? <laughs> it just killed me so much. He was like, yeah, you might as well call them lamb and chicken because that's how interchangeable they are. They're all just going to get skewered in the end. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, man. Um, oh, my God. There's more, but I won't read the rest of it. But I tag, I uh, linked it in the references. Read the whole thing. You're really going to like it. Um, but anyway, let's get into the opening thing here, the premonition. Um, they learned a lot from what worked and what didn't work in the previous ones to create the, some would say, perfect opening scene here. Um, in a lot of articles that I read, people were like having a toss up, like is FD2 the greatest opening scene or is this one the greatest opening scene? And so it's hard for me because this FD2, we know there's a lot of practical effects in it, um, in that movie in general. Um, but I wasn't so mad by the CGI in this opening scene because it was fucking expansive and insane like seeing that whole bridge swaying i was freaking out you like the scale of it does make a difference but they did use a lot of practical effects when i pull out the handy dandy notebook i've got, <laughs> practical, I've got practical effects for you right here so, uh todd packer at the paper uh -huh. company Dennis. thank you so much for calling him that because i also called him todd packer in my notes he and works never at a Dennis. paper company it's too close to home. His, he's That's todd packer so yeah true he is but, uh, he had like when he got melted he, uh -huh. he had like two prosthetics and those took two hours to put on like, that's practical you don't just cgi oh. that that fun fact number one slapped. Mm -hmm. that was awesome his that hand like pass. half of it stayed on the bridge as he fell down very cool very horrifying i, I love a good melting in a in a horror movie right like yeah he, who does it it's oh, so yeah. over the top like catching on yeah. fire is one thing but when you just melt that's different yeah and he the gave tar. a little mm -hmm. like uh, uh, as he fell too incredible <laughs> acting beautiful <laughs> only could have come from todd packer and then nathan uh when he got hit by the swinging part of the bridge they had like a whole little mannequin thing and <gasps> he was connected to a rope and they just snatched him real hard and he just got yanked across by like he just got, he got yeeted he got yeeted 
he got Damn. truly yeeted. Wow. People That's all the fun facts I've got. A lot oh, of it was a lot of oh uh, you did a great job. The Lionsgate Bridge was where it was filmed. It's wow. a weaker fun fact, but it's still a fun fact. That's still fun. I didn't know. I had no idea. I don't know uh, what the Lionsgate Bridge is. It's in Vancouver, I think. Oh uh, Canada tight. classic, classic. Good good for them. I'm glad they went back to Canada. Because the fourth one was the only one that wasn't. It was New uh-huh. Orleans. And one of the gymnastic gym, gymnasts in the gymnastic scene is a Canadian um, Olympian. Oh, See, that's beautiful. She should have been taking lessons from her. True to life, true to life. Well, are, is that you telling me that Candace's sailboat impaling death was not a practical effect? I'm so shocked to hear what? that. When Wait, her impale her? When the when blood literally comes out of the screen. Face? Yeah. I, I love it when innards fly at my face. That's like the best part about 3D. And in 3D, whoa. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> yeah, that should have been, been really in 4D noticeable. and they spray you with water right when they come back. <laughs> like the Shrek ride at Universal. There is a theater uh, at like the Chinese Grauman Theater in Hollywood and they have 4D movies and I went to one. This chair shakes. It I accidentally <laughs> ended up watching one of the Fast and Furious in that theater <laughs> and I didn't realize uh, what did you think I you're having a nervous for? breakdown I was like is this an earthquake is it the big one are we gonna die and my friend was what like, a sexy place to die from the big one though sitting in the right? seat watching Vin Diesel like that's a very California way to go you very really LA. watching it like on the back of one of those TVs that comes down yeah. from the roof and you're like <laughs> I'm in a car right now. Right now. <laughs> this is the 40 experience. Oh my God. That would be amazing. Um, I love, okay. Back to the things that they brought back for this one. We were complaining for FD4 that they didn't have a spooky song, um, but they got a spooky song back. Dust, Dust in, in the, the wind. wind. So Brings important. They brought back the spooky vibes. wind. The yes. spooky yeah. song. They really were doing like a lot of callbacks to the original franchise in ways that I thought worked really well. They, totally. they really missed out on like the sentient wind. Like, I yeah, like this that lovely played, wind. Like, huge wind. part in season or in the first movie. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that was so good. I loved the sentient wind. I loved when the wind, the sentient wind turned to the angle stop in the beginning and made the toilet leak like I loved that like really they really could not figure out at the beginning how they wanted this to work out if they wanted it to be a series of possible things that could possibly happen or just like God being like I turned the handle (laughs) or excuse me death being like I turned the handle God is not involved in this film (laughs) there is no Uh, God in the final destination franchise um, okay, here's my other question that I have. How early in this episode do we spoil the entire thing? Because there's stuff throughout the movie that I want to bring up that has to do with the big twist. What do you Three think? Three seconds before the very end. We can't do twist. it right no! now. And that's the big twist. See you later. So then mm. should I just wait until the end and then list in a list all the things that told you that that was the twist? Because yeah, I do have I think a list. So. I could do yeah. that. Okay. All right. Fine. Yes. That's good to know. I just wanted to make sure we're on the same page. Right, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I just, I thought this was awesome. I loved that this entire time that I've been seeing the poster for FD5. I was like, why are there nails coming out of that face? Again, we've already done nails in the face like five different times. 
like in this okay only two different times but two <laughs> times is a lot of times for a franchise with only five movies to have That's nails his, in the face he's got his favorite like, ways of doing it i was like is there going to be a third nail in the face well, joke's on me. That's rebar, baby. I'm an idiot. <laughs> you fool. I'm, yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, I do think they have a lot of fun with the deaths in the beginning, though, because we have Candace getting impaled on the sailboat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Isaac's death is actually still pretty fun, where he stays in the bus as it topples over, and he goes, like, rolling towards the front and then gets smashed um olivia's death haunts me because it's like that twilight episode where like the last man and then he loses his glasses like i always am thinking about that was my first existential crisis i had Mm -hmm. a full-blown lose it thing when i was like seven i was like mommy what's he gonna do without his glasses what's Um, the car gonna like why didn't she swim away she couldn't see it. Yeah. Hey, I think yeah, it was hey, coming really she dropped, fast. She lost her glasses. She had also just fallen like a hundred feet. <laughs> so she's just probably a little disoriented. A little. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one, that one was really horrifying. I would also hate to be melted. That would be mm-hmm. not good. Um, not I ideal. Like all the little CGI people who aren't actual characters in the movie who just die throughout. Those are fun. There's one guy who falls like right when they're trying to like do the little tight rope walk thing right before that. He's like, ah, and he's a fake guy the whole time. It's a CGI guy the whole time, but I liked him. He was cool. I hope he's okay. Peter's death when he gets like impaled with all the like the rebar, the rebar, and his eye. but then he falls and hits the bridge concrete ladders. Yeah. And there's a, there's foreshadowing to that when the spooky wind comes and it blows that, um, like cooler of drink Mm -hmm. onto the the hole and hits the thing at the bottom. It's the same thing foreshadowing. Wow. Wow. It's beautiful. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, it just does suck that after all of that hard work trying to save everyone's life, Sam gets cut in half. Yeah. Yeah, he really is being a hero in the beginning. Um, But what I think is super interesting about this opening premonition, as opposed to the other ones, is that we see that there is a survivor within the premonition or yeah. at least someone who like, might have died after the person having the premonition died because we kind of get that in FD2, but it's like revealed as a twist after the fact. So you don't really get like the full weight of it from the beginning and what it might mean. And I think it's so interesting in this one to like have that question up front because there's, you know, they're five deep at this point. And it's like, how do you set this one apart from the others? How do you make this one like a little special something that definitely raises questions, you know? I have a theory that I want to talk about later. Like once we get into the The Tony Todd part of this movie, Mm -hmm. uh, I have a theory about Molly. Okay. Well, I think she's also in there to make the very end when we get to the twist all the more potent because you extra, extra don't see it coming because you've been told the whole film that things are going to turn out a certain way. So, But see, this also brings, I mean, it brings a couple questions to the entire series, right? Okay. 
I don't want to get into the questions now because I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm <laughs> a little nervous. Mean, that's why it's hard. There are questions. Nervy, we have a lot of questions going to talk about, guys. This We're is for future. Y'all you. just remember I said We're this, all right? We're tempting you. We're like, hello, listener. You better listen to the whole episode because all the juicy shit's coming at the end. <laughs> Yeah, we're just talking about wind right now. <laughs> just talking about <laughs> that beautiful wind. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just I feel like everything it's like a really long opening scene, but I feel the like the longest in the franchise. Yeah, I feel like it's a quick, really, really quickly paced. They don't waste any time, and I think that usually he had there's like a little bit more time from your premonition to when the shit starts to go down but he really has to act quickly to make sure that anyone survives this thing um what if the doors were locked on the bus that'd be crazy (laughs) what if the drivers like no then it would be the end of final destination three all my bus drivers were mean they were like they'd yell at me for talking so like i don't know how they get away these are corporate adults they're they're the ones that Todd Packer's in charge here. Um, Todd Packer runs it. But yeah, I think I think what's interesting about this opening is that it leaves space for even once the premonition ends, like the ordeal of escaping the disaster is more complicated than in the other movies, where it's kind of just like as long as they get out of the way real fast, everything can happen real quick off screen and we don't need anything to be briefed. And this movie, they're still like running away from it, escaping it in the moment as it's almost like chasing them, which is fun. Yeah, no, they, they was still felt touch or go even after he had the premonition that they were going to even make it out alive, you know? So that, that was cool. But yeah, they, I, they go to the funeral right after that, which I think is, has some really funny stuff. Um, oh my IMDb, God, so funny. Yeah. IMDb was talking about how this movie, um, as opposed to FD4 is kind of a turn away from like the comic stuff that they were doing and back to like the serious dark nature of the first Final Destination, which I think is kind of not true. Um, but they have some I really, really good true. jokes. I mean, it's it's serious and dark again. I mean, murder's on the table. Um, but what they, I don't think it's like any less funny than the others. Oh, um, no, but the first ones were funny too. They just had a more like serious tone to them. Whereas like SD or SD, wow, I'm changing the whole name. <laughs> FD3 was like campy as hell. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like fun, more funny throughout. Still a little serious, but it felt more funny throughout. And FD4 was just like the, the joke, silliest joke, joke. thing that anyone has ever mm-hmm. seen. Someone's yeah. butthole gets ripped out, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that this one is definitely more serious tonally but it's definitely still hilarious because like that's the whole thing with final destination like the reason that the franchise continues on is like it's not like you're scared it's not like you're like oh what's gonna happen next you know what's gonna happen next they're gonna fucking die in an egregious hilarious way because it's so preposterous but it's so it still gets you, you know. I don't know. I think it's an innate, it's an innately comedic <laughs> series. Yeah, but I mean, just in the funeral scene alone, I just love um, that Todd Packer reads Isaac's name out um, so as though funny. he's already dead. 
And then they tease him about it. I just think that part's great. I think it's worth mentioning. Or is it foreshadowing? Mm? Or is it Mm. foreshadowing? Mm. (laughs) But yeah, then we finally get Tony Todd up in our beautiful grills. And I just love him so much. And he is so sexy with that earring. I swear to God. I'm going to say it now. There's a part later in the second time that he's in it, or the third time that he's in it, when he reveals his little coroner outfit and he's mm-hmm. looking back and he's showing off his earring and I was like wow Chelsea screenshot this for social immediately. <laughs> <laughs> incredible he's got the look okay um and we can do a thirst roundup for sure I feel like in thirst this one he's Thursday. a little less like um like horny about dead bodies you know how sure. it kind of is like that <laughs> a little bit yeah too. Yeah, he's like ripping out nipple piercing and and really enjoying it. This one, we we don't get to see him um, directly touch a corpse, which, um, damn, too bad. A shame. Really too bad. But he does have some knockout drag out quotes, like very spooky and some excellent whistling. You don't get enough spooky whistling anymore, you know? Tony Todd is a gift to us personally. Like, If they don't put him in the sixth one, like, then don't have it. Don't bother. Boycott. The The fact that he was missing an FD4, that was what flopped that movie. I was about to say, no, they knew it was the final destination when Tony Todd wasn't there because who would want to watch one after? Like, Mm -hmm. they they said, we'll trick you into seeing this. That's why he's in the fifth one so much. They're making up for the fourth one. They had to apologize. Also, not in the third one enough, in my opinion. That's true, but at least he was. He is he in involved. any of them enough? You know what I mean? No. I mean. Maybe FD6 is an all Tony Todd <laughs> final destination. I want it maybe to be narrated more hands on. Give I would the love what they want. Like a puppet Look, show. Again, we'll discuss FD6 at the end because I don't think we can really discuss it and the implications of it until after we finish talking about this movie. But I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Anyway. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah he's he's so spooky he's just doing his ominous shit here he's like oh just so you know you're gonna die (laughs) death doesn't like to be trifled with or whatever the hell um and like like i get it but like how fucked up (laughs) like all these people are at like all their co-workers funeral and they're he's just like yeah prepare to die (laughs) but that's kind of his whole thing we love him for it um seen this before guys well, I, I think also like to the point that like these characters feel a little bit more developed, like they get to hang out a little bit more too. Even the part where they're all grieving together and they're like drinking in the office, you know, mm-hmm. felt like informative to getting to know them and their dynamic and that sort of a thing. Um, so I think that that was really nice. Like there is space in a movie with a thousand kills um to have a little bit of times where they talk to each other before they die well so they they knew that each in other mind for fd6 in three yeah. and four they didn't know each other hardly like you had your main little group that knew each other but i mean well not in or i'm two you know they're all straight two and yeah. Four, yeah and then four yep. you got your main group and then just another couple people that wanted to get watch me get born exactly <laughs> Spencer was actually born at that uh, at that race. race. At that, I caused the crash. Club. Oopsie! <laughs> A baby is born on the track. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's amazing. That would have been a really, that would have upped the ante for FD4 for sure. So too bad. <laughs> um, who dies first? Candace. Oh, Candace. Okay. Let's talk about it. I've never felt worse in my life. I was going to yeah. throw up. Yeah. I was going to throw up. There's too many things going on. And I love this. I love this. Every time, every movie, there's one death or maybe two or like 45 different horrifying things like the hairdresser one from the last, last <laughs> mm-hmm. movie. There's 45 different things going on. And you're like, that's going to get her. No, that no, she's going <laughs> to, it's going to be the tack. No, it's going to be her being electrocuted by the worst extension cord that anyone's ever seen in their life. Oh no. Maybe the whole fan from the fucking AC that just was on the fritz is going to come down and slice everyone into a million pieces. Like there's so many options. And the one that happens really didn't see it coming. <laughs> Yeah, that's the worst part about this is that they set up all of this anticipation and then like it pays off in that the screw at least is related. You know what I mean? The other gymnast plonks right onto it and that's what makes her fall off the beam and into the powder and then that with the fan because the AC is on the fritz is like what throws the whole thing off. Um, But then the actual death is both so sudden and kind of unrelated and also so unbelievably gruesome um that you just can't possibly yeah the way she her body just crumples like my god i hate watching out bones break like i could never what? watch Com- those like com- com- fracture those like compilation videos people would watch of like skaters just eating shit i couldn't and they'd like Who break the a leg fuck? or break all of my guy friends in like middle school used to watch those. That was like, are they in therapy now? No, yeah, they're men. Should, of course you not. Check if they're like <laughs> on, on a, a list somewhere. List. Yeah. yeah, probably oh handy dandy notebook time. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was oh, yeah. the effect was done because the main actress was wearing green screen pants and her stunt double just did the other way. And so it looked like <laughs> she folded she was folded well that's how i mean that's, that's how, what happened so awesome and also so it was just like some other bitch with a green screen screen top on and her legs were draped over candace's head that's so oh, yeah. funny that's so funny Continue. but it wouldn't have happened she wouldn't have died if she would have practiced her landings more no, practice makes listen. perfect listen oh my god okay there was so much discourse about this at the last summer olympics whenever that was it was like rescheduled because of the pandemic um but simone biles like had to excuse herself from it because she said she was not in the right like state of mind to be competing and there was one performance where she did like one less flip than she was supposed to do in that trick um and one of my best friends is really into gymnastics so like i heard all of the i saw it all on twitter um where she it's like amazing that she was able to land that trick with one last flip because you're relying on muscle memory so much but it is so dangerous to get like discombobulated in the Uh, air yeah it's like a really a huge risk it's so dangerous you really have to be in the right state of mind um and like fully in control of yourself muscle memory can only take you so far so I think like 
you know, first of all, she's not in the right state of mind because she was just involved in a huge trauma um, and a bunch of people just died. So that's one thing. Um, also, also her lucky the- bracelet just broke. So snapped. I would have been like, yeah. no, I would have been like, actually, honey, time to go. Yeah. Well, but I'll that take Elle's plus- word for it. Don't know anything about gymnastics. <laughs> Look, I did gymnastics when I was eight. So I'm basically an Olympian myself. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think like it is a very dangerous sport. Um, and you throw in some bad feelings and some spooky dust blocking your vision and a commotion going on right next to you. And I think shit can hit the fan really easily. Or the ground. Or the, or the ground. She can hit the ground real hard. I like that they pulled a a little, I don't think it was necessarily meant to be a reference to FD3, but the little post-death twitch, um, a la McKinley. (laughs) That was really nice (laughs) and very horrifying. Um, I hope that she died right away, though, because poor thing. Jesus Christ. Jesus, I was I was so amped up from that. And then like immediately after that, we get the one that gets me even more fucked up, which is uh, what's his fucking name? Isaac, Isaac, Isaac's death. Oh, my God. Hey, what a shitty bitch that he's going around stealing coins from all (laughs) coins and (laughs) massage gifts from every one of his dead coworkers. Like what a little fucker. (laughs) He's absolutely Uh, a bitch. He's well, such a bitch. I mean, he when he goes so to ma- the massage parlor, he's like outwardly being a creep. Like as he's creepy like, as possible. Happy ending. Also. Yeah. I mean, there is a shocking amount for the era, although perhaps not shocking if you know what if if you know um but a shocking amount of fat shaming in this movie um and he is the perpetrator of literally so much of it um and it's just generally speaking like terrible all around his death is the one i think in particular where you from your first meeting of him are are waiting for it to be his turn oh yeah you gotta have someone who you're like you fucking suck you know, um, mm-hmm. and so that was cathartic. But also, how dare they make me squirm so much when I was waiting for him to die? Because uh, I, I love that they she the like front desk person at the massage parlor sends in like the meanest mommy at the <laughs> massage parlor to teach him a fucking lesson. I thought that that was awesome. Um, and <laughs> like. I love that she's just pretending she doesn't speak English the whole time so she doesn't have to talk to his fucking rancid ass. That's the best part. (laughs) But here's the thing. Have any of y'all gotten acupuncture before? Because one, I would never. But I love it. Do they make you sleep for 30 minutes when you're covered in needles? Because that is my worst nightmare. I think they do. Uh, Yeah. Or rest. Yeah, but those needles are way too big. Like the needles that they use are like so thin. you don't feel them at all and then you just like you like you it just in automatic like bliss mode you can't even fight it quite frankly I I feel like I could barely handle massages you yeah like uh, subconsciously you know needles are in you they you'd be like this makes me anxious and they'll find whatever pressure point it is and stick a needle in that no anxiety it's gone they'll be like this is where you keep your anxiety stick it with a needle your anxiety's gone that's just yeah. so crazy how is that a real thing i mean i Here's believe you 
but that's so crazy. (laughs) As a hot girl, we all know that I have tummy troubles. And (laughs) the only time like my tummy issues were like really on point and like working and almost non-existent was when I was going and getting acupuncture every week. There you go. Gotta find you an acupuncturist around your house. I know. (laughs) Wow. I mean, this, this is another fun misdirection one, but not nearly to the same degree as the, the gymnastics one. Um, but we do love a little fire, a little isopropyl alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. little cell phone causing an issue. <laughs> it is a little reminiscent of the tanning bed death from totally. FD3. I mm-hmm. wish there was like a little bit more of it of his own making kind of like in FG3 where it was like they brought the slurpees in like they blah 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 you know what I mean crank to the settings um I wish other than stealing the the certificate that like got him the coupon that got him in the door I wish there was like more of it to bring it on himself because otherwise it feels like he went into this establishment being like um you guys are gonna jerk me off right and they were like we're professionals and he was like but you're gonna jerk me off right and he was like but then while they are a professional establishment it's like their shelves are falling off the wall just randomly and he gets smushed by a big buddha statue you know what i mean like i just wish no no i i agree with you i was like this is gonna be a huge insurance claim and it's gonna be a huge lawsuit for this beautiful establishment and i don't want they them don't to deserve be at fault. it it shouldn't nice. be their fault it should be his fault does death pay for insurance claims no they better they don't he don't <laughs> whatever that's death a lawsuit is. in the making they don't i know you wish you could sue him, but you can't nail him down. I want Too the bad. class action lawsuit on death right now. Uh, we'll try. We'll try. Final How destination six courtroom How drama. Gonna serve him. How are you going to serve him? <laughs> It'll be point. impossible to serve him papers. <laughs> Just throw them into the next gust of wind. Next that you wind. Feel. <laughs> oh man but yeah i do love that his face got smooshed by the buddha because how dare he he literally fashioned even buddha (laughs) like that was buddha that one wasn't death that was buddha swooping in being like that's karma Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. you know i think buddhists are mostly non-violent but you gotta make an exception every now and again um but yeah uh, his death slapped and then we get tony todd again Thank God. Thank God. And this is the part where I'm like, okay, there's this, there's this part that this article that I read online about how they're like, is Tony Todd the villain of (laughs) the final destination franchise? And I was like, one, how dare you? He's too sexy to be wrong, but two, yes. (laughs) Cause he does kind of just like scare everyone and fuck with them and tell them stuff. That's not actually true uh, (laughs) for the most part. Because, like, all of the, like, helpful hints that he's given throughout have just led to more destruction. So they're not actually really helpful in the end. You can't, re- you can't actually escape it. Um, I feel like he's an impartial party, though. He just likes to watch. But oh, he is, yeah. He he is like, he's like a chaos maker. He oh, is yeah. war profiteering from death as a coroner, and it's immoral. <laughs> well, and this one, too, he straight up is like, you know what you could do you could like murder <laughs> oh, I, oh i have whoa. a question about that 
Yeah. If those yeah. rules apply, say someone just goes and kills like 30 people, do you get all of their time? 30 lives. I, I think, think it's like a one time already marked for death. It's like your get out of jail monopoly card. Yeah, it's All only right. if you're in this weird scenario where you have uh, cheated death. You once, just and go you get one chance to cheat. You find back. the healthiest baby at the hospital and you just steal their whole future. I think if you're really trying to play the game. I mean, <laughs> I didn't make the rules. I'm just saying, if you want to take full advantage, I, I think those are your rules. best chances. I just clean up after it's over, says Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, I mean, hide your children if we're in this scenario. Spencer, you should watch out. You're a child yourself. Someone He's only nine years old. Life. He's got You're so much time ahead of him. I'm marked yeah, already. Like- so like, I'm looking, I'm looking for a baby. <laughs> so fucked child on child crime but okay i love that like obviously okay what we didn't talk about is like peter's in a really rough place all right he loved his little uh intern baby bride um so much and now she crunched in half and he told her to go crunch in half essentially it's not his fault but he's probably having a lot of guilt over that He's also drinking a lot at work and, you know, it was with other people, but he's having a hard time. But the fact that he's like immediately like, you're telling me to murder? Tell me more about that. <laughs> he's, he, he he's definitely on board. is yeah. down. He's team, he's, he's team fight babies. Oh, seriously. And he's like so hurt too when like, uh, oh my God, I keep rem- forgetting the main guy's name. It's just Sam. some white man name. Yeah, Sam. Okay, so <laughs> when Sam is like, <sighs> Oh yeah, by the way, Molly never died. And Peter's like, oh, so you think Molly deserves to live the most out of all of us? Is that why you saved her? Like, this is like a fictitious premonition that you don't even know if you believe at this point and you're going this hard. <laughs> he's got nothing to lose. His intern's he's gone. Yeah, he's got he's got nothing to lose except for those eyebrows. Um, and thank God those don't get singed off at any point. At least I don't think. What a loss it would be for the film. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, he's so sexy. I'm sorry. I just, I'm, I'm going to be thinking about that. Just thinking about it. Sure, 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 sure. But yeah, um, I mean, there, at what point do we get the Tony Todd scene where he starts to lay it out for them? I think it's after. Oh, it's right after Isaac. Oh, it's right after Isaac. Yeah, it's right after Isaac. And that's when they're like, oh, fuck, we got to go tell Olivia. And it's too late. Oh. <laughs> the olivia death scene is also Uh, really terrible to me hate it so much as people who are in this room we're not in a room together on this podcast who here has glasses and who was extra scared by that because i don't have glasses yet and so has lasik ever been on the table for you and is it now no longer (laughs) i would rather be fully blind than have lasik i would rather i mean just never have a laser in my eye and this is part of why here's the thing um this movie really presents both very terrible options um because she loses her glasses in the beginning and it impedes her ability to save herself um and then she goes okay fuck that i'm getting caught i'm getting lasik and then obviously that does not go well 
Um, I have thought about LASIK. I can tell you there are so many advantages to being able to just wake up and see things. I had a mouse problem at one point when I was living in Baltimore in my apartment and I slept with like a light on or my glasses on my face or like contacts in my eyes for like a long time so I would be at least like halfway prepared one way or the other in case I needed to see something in the middle of the night if it was no it just it's scary um but (laughs) yeah I mean I would do LASIK I I I think it's very scary as a concept and also watching this does not help my friend got LASIK very recently on Thursday of last yeah week. um and then came to a party at the beach immediately afterwards so like she was wearing goggles the whole time it was amazing um but I know she's seen all the Final Destination movies and so I need to now ask her like was that the only thing that you were thinking the entire time it was being done um I don't understand how you can possibly be conscious for that procedure I would like to be knocked out like with a hammer (laughs) like opposed to being awake for that absolutely no thank you I think friend of the pod Devin has had LASIK too Devin has had LASIK she did just have LASIK yeah and I have perfect eyesight in hopes that one day I will maybe only need readers knock on wood. Uh, I I would kill myself. I'd kill myself before wearing contacts. Like I literally, the thought of having to like put something like that close to my eye freaks me the fuck out. Like I recently like was looking at somebody and could see the contact on their eye and got freaked out. She will not survive the coming apocalypse. It's just like, this was really a disrespectful one um, because it turned into like a super laser. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it really turned into the type of laser that would like, you know, chop off your arm. Like, that's what the laser is. James Bond laser. It felt very James Bond to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, or, or like, are the those, Austin Powers with sharks? the lasers. Yeah. The <laughs> sharks with the laser guns on top from Austin Powers. That's what it turned into. Oh, and also like they gave her the little teddy bear to hold on to. She was stringing the shit out of it. She ripped its eyeball out. I was like, how dare you, you assholes? How dare you? Well, like the doctor just really wasn't a good doctor. Why would he leave his patient alone with the machine on? With her little eye propped open, like at the very least, what if dust has fallen in there? You know what I mean? Yeah. What if, what if your ceiling has a leak? Now practice. Suit. It was um. super interesting though, to see um, how they mirrored some of the old deaths in this movie. Like we talked about how Isaac's death in the acupuncture salon um, is very tanning bed adjacent. This death is um, a lot like the dentist one from FD2, um, at least in part where they have like all of this setup there that doesn't end up like being a thing, but there's so much overlap in those two. Um, There's so many eye injuries in the FD franchise. Like you get um, the hot muscle car guy in FD2 and then you get the MILF in FD4 where her eye gets got. Um, I find this one to actually be very reminiscent of the um, mammogram death. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought 
you were thinking of. I thought for sure you were thinking of the LASIK scene and just got confused until you started saying no, details. Baby. And I was like, no, oh, she's baby. got this whole other thing going on. I don't remember most things, but the things I do remember, they're in there forever and they <laughs> haunt me daily. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you've heard our other episodes, um, Spencer, but I am convinced that there was at some point a mammogram final destination death where a woman's boob explodes um to say it technically but it was not mm -hmm. in any of the five films that we have now watched over the last five months and um i can't figure out where i have definitely seen this with my eyes and there are like five people on reddit who also remember this from somewhere too and no one in the world knows where so if you ever come across it please immediately call me do you think you <laughs> all have you like, are. a shared repressed memory yeah, like, do I secretly like, know all those people? Like, we all went to preschool together. Something crazy happened. And someone's boob exploded. <laughs> oh, yeah, that time. <laughs> I really hope not, because I don't want to have any trauma. But also, like, at this point, I'm trying to just get answers. Um, <laughs> I just want to know. But similar to what you were saying, Chelsea, there also were similarities between the OG premonition deaths in this movie at the beginning of FD5 that relate to their deaths within the movie. And it doesn't happen with all of them, but um, it happens with, uh, excuse me, I forget her name. Carolyn, Olivia? is that her name? Oh, Candace. No. Candace. Candace. Okay, fucking Christ. Can't I just hated her? I hated her, so I couldn't remember her fucking name. Candace. Um, when she like gets impaled by the sailboat thing, she kind of snaps backward in half, and then yeah. she snaps backward in half on the gymnast floor. Um, there's a point where you think that Isaac is dead because he's like smashed on the floor and all the needles have gone into him, and he's like like splashed up against the ground like smashed against it and it's just like when he's smashed against the glass in the front of the bus um and then with this death with olivia's death um there's like the homage to her eyesight being a part of it but also you know how she dies in the end she flies out the window and smashes onto a car just like how a car flies through the sky and smashes onto her and her original death so um there's also a connection with the next death too which is nathan's death right well nathan's not death no yeah nathan's not dead yeah i'm death. so sorry it should be nathan's death but he escapes it but it's a similar type of thing like a it was like um that cable thing, thing that flew uh -huh. through the sky and smashed him when he was on the bridge. But this yeah. one is a giant hooked thing flying through the sky and would have smashed him. But instead, he mercs Roy, the union rep for the factory. <laughs> I'm always so prepared to let Nathan off the hook for this one until he admits, yeah, I think I did do it on purpose. Um because it doesn't, it doesn't really seem that like way. I wish did. they had make it made it look. Yeah, I wish they had put that into the scene a little bit more. I think it was like guilt more of him being like, "I must have done it on purpose." I must have because I hated yeah. him yeah. and I knew about this. I think Nathan's innocent. Nathan, um, he, he felt like the good guy the whole time. Yeah, like the, the nice guy. I I can't see him being the one to push a poor union rep into a hook. He would never do that to a union rep. He would never do that. And oh my God, what a way to go. Nathan's the that... real union buster. Oh my God. The hook was so pointy and long. Oh, and, and the like, second push Daddy. through out of his head. 
It was awful. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Something that we haven't talked about throughout, um, but it's coming up because we have to talk about Todd Packer's death. What's his name in the fucking Dennis movie? Dennis. Okay. Dennis the Menace. Um, He... Okay, th- just to talk about his character a little bit more, um, there's this one part where he's like the manager, right? Or he's like the boss of all of these these people, including all the people who died. And so he's on the phone with his big boss and they're like, so these are the instructions you'll have to do to deactivate all of the like entrance cards for all the employees who died. And he's like, isn't there a facilities manager who should be doing this? And they're like, Dennis. The facilities manager is dead. (laughs) It was like, obviously, Dennis, obviously the whole staff fucking died. All of them died except for the lucky eight. Come on. Everybody Um, is dead, Dennis. What does this do to the the company? They closed down the whole branch. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. Because um, with Molly and and Sam, they have that scene where he goes to her place and he has the big confrontation where you find out like she's not a bitch because she dumped him. She dumped him for his own good so he could follow his dreams and go to culinary school at the restaurant in Paris. Um, And you get that moment where at some point they start to be like, okay, well, the company's closing down. So like he has the opportunity to really do it now. And if he was staying for her, maybe she can go with him now that she has to do a new start too. Um, And that's kind of like, they kind of address it a little bit. Everybody has to figure their shit out, which creates this opportunity for them, for their love. See, I did not pay attention during all the corporate America talks. (laughs) Spencer, get used to it. You are just a cog in the corporate America capitalist. He's only machine. nine. He doesn't need to know this yet. <laughs> You're still I, a cog. I, at some point, Chelsea, it might as well be on this episode. I of invest Tuesday. all of my allowance. Wow, good for you. Yeah, ahead of me. We do have allowance in crypto, actually, so it's fine. Stop. I hate everything that is happening. Okay, but the one thing I, I love that we haven't talked about is that Dennis is like the little informant for Agent Block who is convinced that somehow- Something spooky is happening. Sam is a domestic terrorist. <laughs> Why could we not bring back Agent Shrek? Oh, Which one is that? In the first one, it was Agent Shrek because yeah, the movie came out before Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> I want can't just have Shrek. a Shrek anymore. It's so yeah. sad. You couldn't we have can't. brought him back though because of reasons. Because Shrek had already. Oh right. yeah, it's copyrighted true. now. No, yeah, and also because reasons. Wink face, nudge, nudge. Anyway, reasons. <laughs> um, I love that Dennis's death is so fast and it's just over. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> only com- comedic relief, <laughs> and it's also great 3D fodder. That's true. Too true, bestie. Too true. <laughs> I wish I could have seen this in 3D. I would have loved it. I know. This I'm one would have been fun. When I'm rich and famous, I'm going to have my own in-house 4D theater. <laughs> and I'll somehow hook it all up so we can watch all of the final destination, or at least the last two in 4D. I'll have someone standing on the side with a water bottle with a spray cap to spray <laughs> us on all the blood parts. Happen. A little fan. 
some handheld fans maybe to create a little spooky wind. Adam will be running around doing all the 4D. At the very start, we're going to dump tar on you. They, no. We're going to um, feather you. Whenever there's a hot part, there's a hair dryer blowing in your face. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> gonna be so um, i mean i'll have to get a special fan to do the spooky wind of course of course of course <laughs> what um, final destination b without spooky wind I I nothing nothing it would be nothing okay um is everyone dead except for peter and sam and molly nathan Na- Nathan. Nathan's still kicking. Well, we skipped Nathan. He's yeah. fine. <laughs> he stole Roy's life, so he's good now. He committed um, allegedly. I've stolen a life. Love the um the like switch to like a legitimate slasher movie that this movie. I think it's so to. good and fun. It fucking slaps. And it takes place in a kitchen. Like there's so many things. Like they're setting that up the whole time, even though you know Sam can't die throughout this whole time um because you know he's last to go in the premonition yeah and we know if it's not your turn it's not your turn baby um try as you might but like they do such a good job setting up all these fucking like death machines like 25 different meat munchers or mashers that they have and all these big knives and all this stuff um to make you anxious throughout and then it fucking pays off at this final scene um you should have known. I mean, here's the thing for me. If Peter had shown up when I was having my romantic, I'm going to Paris dinner. I'd be like, hey, Peter, it's not a good time. <laughs> Bad We're going to fuck bro. in the restaurant, Peter. It's not the time right now. Peter, we've got nothing to lose. Peter, get out. Yeah, I do. I just, I think that Monica's right. It's so fun the way that they like genre swap a little at the end because it makes sense within the rules of the movie it makes sense within like the stakes that they've set up um but also final destination has never really like gotten to do it in that way they like never to it a little in fd3 where ian when they have the the confrontation with zip and pip in the hardware store and ian does the whole okay so what you're saying is Mary Elizabeth Winstead, if you killed yourself right now, then all of the rest of us would be safe. Why don't you do that? And then near the end of the movie, he's kind of being like, maybe I'll kill you. But I don't think like, he really stop. was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we talked about that on that episode. But they, they've they never like fully made the leap until now. And I just think it's so fun to open that up, especially in the context of like, you have someone who survived the initial premonition you're kind of wondering why the whole time it ends up being plot relevant it comes back around like did she deserve to live from the initial thing is she the only one he's comfortable killing because she was like involved with it and it's not fair in the first place that she survived blah 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 um like you said you have like sam's there but it's not his turn until the other guy dies or does a murder and so you have like all these little elements at play just and you don't know where it's going and now it's like not just tense because anything could happen and the ceiling could cave in at any time because it's final destination but also there's this active role being taken yeah 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 and it's just so sad also because you start to like care about these characters because they've been there for each other at least sam and peter have been cute homies the whole time and you're like wow peter is so far gone that he's gonna do a kill 
he's gonna do a kill because he's like you get your girlfriend no fair I, mine's in half mine's dead and so i'm gonna make yours in half now i had to see my girlfriend get split oh, in yeah. half and i didn't do it oh jesus I hate that <laughs> Hated it a lot. Hated it so much. <laughs> um, but that said, I do also like the the like cop out part two, not cop out, but like the like misdirection where he's like talking about how he tried to kill all these people and he was so scared and he couldn't do it and he couldn't do it. And that's because he was like, <laughs> then he's like, surprise, it's because I wanted to kill you, Molly. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I felt like that was kind of dumb though. Like yeah, I couldn't kill these people I have no attachment and know nothing about. So I'm going to kill my boy's girl. Like, his justification just felt off. Because it was because he felt like she deserved to die because she didn't deserve to die at the bridge. Right, because she didn't die. Now she deserved to die. But like... Mm, it's real good logic I mean, there. Peter, Peter kind of yeah, does a little I bonkies. Think, I think it's complicated because he i think he feels like it is morally more justified to do someone who was involved with the original scenario but that does not give him a lot of options because the devil you know, it can't be the sam devil you don't know <laughs> yeah it can't be sam because he knows sam's time is coming real soon it's not going to steal enough life for him to keep on living if he picks sam um i guess he could have targeted nathan but that's also kind of like an unknown where nathan already took roy's years or whatever and like that loops back around also um which is fun because i put in my notes like okay but we don't know how long roy has um but yeah i see why molly obviously it's fucked up that it's molly um but i think he just didn't have a lot of options but then it does get more complicated at the end which i love because agent block the police guy pops up and i don't know why earlier when agent block is like questioning them about terrorism or whatever and it's like several deaths in at this point and they're suspicious of tony todd as the coroner why would they not be like yeah the coroner told us stuff like obviously agent block has some kind of professional relationship with the coroner who's at every funeral and death scene you'd think he'd be able to weigh in a little um but i i don't know that would be too too easy um so they just don't do not it. don't you yeah. dare implicate tony todd how fucking dare you well not <laughs> implicate him and say he's the murderer but being like he yeah he told us all about this um i don't know i just think you'd think he, Tony Todd would have some professional respect with it. Maybe everybody at the police is like, that guy? He's so creepy. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that guy's like, no, no, too sexy not and that guy. good at whistling, and so we leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, but I love that Peter shoots Agent Block when he pops up and he gets there, and for a second you're like, oh, he doesn't need Molly's life anymore. But then he's like, no, you Wrong. witnessed the murder of a federal agent. And you're like, oh, she, he does she did witness like the a, murder of a federal agent. A pretty agent. big crime yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. He didn't steal somebody's life just to spend those years behind bars. Also, like, what in the end did Sam use to kill Peter? What the fuck was that? Like, the oh, the traditional cooking implement, a triton. Like, what the <laughs> fuck was that thing? It could have been like a chicken roaster. 
Or like ah, for a luau where they roast like a, a spit. whole pig. Yeah. It was a spit. It was totally a mm-hmm. part of a spit. Okay. Nope. I think it's a trident. But there, there could be. <laughs> there could be a trident. <laughs> um, I, I really want it to be a trident. And then, of course, they get you one more time. And they really, this was smart. The fucking gun, the hot gun, the hot smoking mm-hmm. gun in a different way than usual because it's on a Bunsen burner. Um, Bunsen burner is not correct, but I wanted to say it. Anyway, (laughs) like you really think that they are safe. You think that they are safe because the gun goes off and it almost shoots them in the goddamn fucking face, but it doesn't. And And you're like, like, yay, they beat us. Finally, it's the final destination movie and everyone actually gets to live this time. Huzzah! No. 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 Yeah. Yeah, this is the moment. (laughs) It's not the last scene because then they do the whole Nathan part afterwards. But this to me is like the moment of the whole Final Destination franchise. Like it's the, it's the perfect, I've said it since we started Final Destination Summer. I'm so glad we can like actually talk about it now. (laughs) I think it was the perfect way to end the franchise, to loop it all back around um, I think it's, 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 it's chef's kiss. It's literally brilliant. It's so brilliant. I last night was like screaming at the top of my lungs when this part happened, not from fear, but being like, holy shit, this slaps. It slaps. It's genius. One of the they things call that, this, one what? of the things that makes it so good too, is like how many hints they drop. And I just want to say, <laughs> notice zero of them, zero of them <laughs> the first time I watched it. I thought only of one. Once I watched it the first time, I was like, wait, Isaac's fucking phone was old as shit. (laughs) It was like some weird ass little flip phone. And I was like, it was 2011. I had an iPhone in 2011. They had those then. Like, that doesn't make sense. And I'm pretty sure they showed texting in Final Destination 4. So that was a hint. But there's so many good hints. Like, do we want to list them now? I'm ready. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay, here's something that I read about. Um, they obviously, like, bring up Paris all the time. But I, that feels like a throwback, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But in reality, the restaurant that um, Sam is going to work at is the same restaurant that Alex and Clear and Carter go to in Paris. It's the same one. It's called, like, Miro 180 or something like that. It's like La Cafe Miro 81. So that when you look at it backwards, backwards, it's uh, it's 180. Yeah. Um, Some of the other hints is that that this movie was actually, and this is how they refer to it, a stealth prequel. Amazing. Incredible. I love that that is what it is called. Um, It was great. It's so smart. is firmly set in the late 90s or very early 2000s, like making the reference that Olivia is like Lisa Loeb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if you, the the pop culture references that they make are 100% dated, like the songs on the radio, but they're so small that it would be so difficult to pick up. The only totally. one that I think is that's really blatant, but you have to be like super, super, super eagle-eyed to notice it, is that the expiration date on the massage certificate coupon is like in the year 2000. 
Yeah. And there's also like other little subtle ones that you wouldn't think of in that they're not as definitive. That's super definitive. But um, little details that I just really appreciate because I love attention to detail. All the cars that are in it are models that like aren't past like the year 2000. Um, And also all the license plates that you see are license plates that were discontinued in 2001. So they're like this type of styled license plate that they don't make anymore, which I just love that. And then um, I'm going to read this one verbatim. Um, it says when block is interrogating the survivors after the bridge, cl- bridge collapse, he asked Sam, he asked Peter if Sam exhibited extremist sympathies, a word that wouldn't have been commonly used in 2011 when block would have more bluntly asked if Sam had terrorist sympathies, Peter even has to ask, you mean like a terrorist, but was a common euphemism in the nineties for right-wing militia fanatics. <laughs> Cause when I was reading, when I was reading this, I was like, Oh, it's cause it happened right around nine 11. And that's why no nine 11 hadn't happened yet. That was our whole first episode of final destination summer where we were like, we never would have had this final destination movie <laughs> if it had come out after nine 11. So no, did y'all notice not. any of the clo- clues? No, the I know. The, I, the phone the I only noticed after I saw it. I like I was like, huh, but it's nothing. I noticed that it was an old phone, but I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. we watched so many they... old movies that I get confused about when shit came out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the first time that I saw this movie because I think I had already seen it um, or knew the ending maybe before I watched it with some of our OG Spooky crew members um, when we were doing regular spooky Tuesdays during the pandemic um I think though what's really well done is the heightened use of Tony Todd in this movie because I think that throws you off um because you are seeing him in the context of all the other times he's intervened and helped and tried to give advice and he says to them at some point like I've seen this before and have tried to do things before and so you're thinking he means FD's one and two um I I guess just one and two um mm-hmm. but but it's not even it's like all before no. that so he, he, he tried from before he, he went to the murder thing first and then was like what if you saved people after that after he introduced murder he went that sure didn't work I, I think that he was strategy. like he was like oh shit there was that time when I told people to kill each other and then they did um, <laughs> you think he's yeah. like experimenting there's like a checklist he's like well that didn't work <laughs> let's try something else there's two more that I want to reference and one of them is really funny but I'll save that one for a second the other one is the gymnast hall all the banners in the back of the wall for um all like you know the different championships that the gymnastics team had won in the past they were like 1990 1992 1994 1998 Mm. and they don't go past 1998 so that was another one too I found that one on a on a chat room um (laughs) and then I I checked it out and it's true and the other one that I thought was so funny in the funeral scene um when Dennis the menace is up there saying that Isaac died and he did not die and Olivia is making fun of him Nathan turns around and says I see dead people which is a reference to the sixth sense and it (laughs) says 
Sixth Sense was a movie that came out around that time. And so that was a hint. <laughs> People say that shit all the time through to 2011. So that, that was a really good one to use. But at the time, that movie had just come out. I thought that was hilarious. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, I think they have a lot of fun in this movie. And I think it really pays off. Um, yeah. And while I think that's like the perfect end to the franchise, I also think it's funny that the Roy thing, not the Roy thing, the Nathan thing is just like tagged on as like a little sticker at the end um, where they're just they like- They gotta cry up their loose ends. <laughs> like, yeah, he has like a bursting like aorta. He's gonna die literally any day. And then the ceiling just falls in. So That's cool. one where that I think it's really so fun funny. for the infrastructure to just collapse because that one is so like at any day, any moment. That's that's the brick falling on Alex's head off screen mentioned in FD2. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yes. Also, I just want to say that they did a really good job of like, I don't even know how they did it, but like flipping the perspective of how you see Alex have his premonition in FD1. Like mm -hmm. when Sam and Molly are actually on the plane and he hears dust in the wind and all these little, he cuts his finger, all these little things start happening. The reveal with the ticket that says the date of the flight and you realize it's 2000s. For me, that went right over my head though, because I was like, I don't know what date anything is. I have no idea. <laughs> I was, I can't read fast enough to have read that date. I just saw 180 and I was like, oh fuck. But yeah, it did say whatever the date was. I don't know. May 13th, May 13th 2000. 2000. Mm -hmm. Oh, I knew it. Wow. Yeah, okay, cool. Stuck with you. Uh, awesome. Um, but like when they show it, it's just so like, it didn't look shitty. It looked really good. Like it looked like they were there on the plane. It looked like the same quality and everything. And it was so quick. It looked better quality than it did in FD1, which was really incredible. This movie was released in IMAX. Andy yeah. Dandy Notebook time. Ooh. Oh, go, go. Those uh, with Devin Sawa and all them, those were actually unused. It was unused footage because they couldn't oh. get Devin Sawa back. They have the same extras in the background. But if you watch the like the where the actors are given their commentary, the guy who plays Sam is like, oh, yeah, we just reshot it. It's all reshoots. But they couldn't even get Devin Sawa for number two. And the extras are all the same. And they're all the same age. So I have questions. Hmm? I need hmm. answers. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. two different perspectives on it interesting well it looked really fucking good it looked amazing yeah it rules it rules it, it fucking rocked my world it rocked my world i sent sydney and chelsea a list of absolutely incoherent all caps text messages with that some great accompanying say, photos as well oh yeah 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 they'll be on social i just like i do this thing where when there's an ending of a movie that makes my jaw literally drop i just keep my face exactly how it was and i grab my phone and i take a picture of what i look like <laughs> and then i send it to them <laughs> sydney like, what was your experience watching this ending for the first time did you know I, had you been spoiled okay so i definitely saw the opening scene of this movie but I hadn't okay. seen the end and so I was like I watched this movie at like two in the morning last night <laughs> mm -hmm. and I was like what the fuck and I woke up all four of my pets from screaming <laughs> and I was like I'm so sorry my go back to sleep go back to sleep <laughs> your sweet little babies sweet babies Spencer's but children or siblings siblings I am a single mother of Five now okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay I have a thing 
why I think Molly dies, basically. Oh, like, okay. They're on the plane. Tell us the theory. Okay. I found this on the internet and it blew my mind. Okay. So because Sam survived and when like Sam got off the uh, bus with everybody, Molly is going to die because in say like uh, if Sam hadn't gotten off the bus, then Peter wouldn't have been alive to try to kill Molly causing her to cheat death and she would have survived and like lived a normal life. Uh, basically like. What? I'm not following. Okay. I'm not following. So in Sam's premonition, right? He sees Molly and she survives. Uh-huh. Or at least dies after him. N- well, no, I think she actually would survive. Would have survived. Oh, because she's far enough. Sure. Yes. But because uh, they all got off the bus, she is now going to die because it's like the whole timeline like shifted. And because like Peter would have been dead. Sam would like uh, Sam would have been dead. She would have never gotten on that plane. Uh because she would have had no reason to go to Paris. So I think that uh, basically the reason that the plane blew up was they were going after Molly. Does that make sense? So Molly yeah. kills Sam unintentionally. Mm, I mean, I it kind of it. makes sense, but I, I am more inclined to think that it's kind of like um, the bus coming at them at the end of FD4, the subway disaster at the end of FD3. Like you can cheat death to a degree, but only for so long. So I'm more inclined to think that it's related to Sam being on the plane than Molly being on the plane. Uh, I don't know. I think because like, and then it goes into like more being like, uh, if they hadn't got on the plane, none of the people from the first movie would have died and then none of the people from the second movie would have died because um, I like that theory that makes sense to me like that the fact that he was still alive like fate came to get him when he was on that plane and then just like because because death was fucking with that plane that's how Devin Sawa Alex had that vision because like the energy spooky wind went into his head. I don't know. Um, but that makes sense to me. And I like that this is the domino that started the whole f- effect. But I but... still think that Tony Todd could have been right and killing somebody because we then find out with Nathan that Roy, the union rep, was going to die anyways. So like he technically didn't cheat death by him dying. He he stole well, he like did. two hours. Yeah, but it just didn't buy him a lot of time. Exactly. Well, I th- I think there's like no proof. I think I think that the killing someone thing isn't a real isn't a real rule, and it doesn't actually work. So because... you're calling Tony Todd a liar? No, I think I like the killing. I like the killing people thing. It makes it more. I like, like it. I just don't think that it worked because he killed I mean, Peter. Here's the thing. 
everybody dies eventually. So, except for, I guess, um, what's her face and what's his face from FD2. But, but that's kind of just a loophole that they never closed. Um, I think they died at some point. There was that whole special feature, the... yeah, in F3 yeah, they... where they were gonna reveal that they died in that wood chipper accident um, at the, but they didn't make it into the final cut. Well, they were also um, so going canon. to kill them. They were also going to kill them in the end of FD3 when they go onto um, the, the subway. 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 They were going to go on the subway and have them all die there, which would have slept. Um, they're dead. Like, they're not alive. They're dead. We don't know how, but we know they're not breathing. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I mean, know if I buy the Molly thing, but I like hearing about it and it makes me excited and it made my brain go, what? And now it hurts a little bit. So thank you for making me think hard <laughs> and send me that link so I can read it into it more. Um, but I, what I think is the stealthiest thing of, of this whole stealth prequel is that they did all of this just so they wouldn't look like in, they were a fucking idiot for naming the fourth one the final destination. <laughs> it <still> is. <laughs> that was the whole reason they made this a stealth prequel. They're like, fuck, we already closed the book with the shittiest movie in the franchise. I guess we'll just have to do a stealth prequel. <laughs> and the sixth one can be a stealth prequel as well because Tony and, was like, I've seen yeah. it. Exactly. I think that's something really fun too. That's one of my ideas. I think um, he explicitly says he's already done this before. So there's infinity room for even more prequels. You could get a Tony Todd spooky death origin story as well. Like how maybe he was involved in one of these and he's the survivor of one of them. And then he became the coroner and he just became besties with death. And so death was like, you're, you're chill. You can hang out for a while. Um, <laughs> but there's also so much room to like loop it into the other movies now because if we establish that sam or molly whoever's presence on the flight 180 plane to paris is what sets off that disaster you have any survivors from a new fd6 opening scene get on they're driving on the freeway in fd2 you know what i mean one of them is the log truck driver like one of them is the roller coaster operator or something like you can keep like linking it in i think it might get a little tired since they've already done it but i also think it's so fun that maybe they should just keep doing it over and over I'd be happy if they did it. I'd be happy if they were also like, a new disaster has occurred and has nothing to do with anything. Because I think that that death is a fucking bitch. And it will do this shit again. (laughs) Well, let's get into our segments then. Because, like, I could talk about this forever. But I do need to know how this movie could have been gayer. (laughs) I've got it right here. Let me know. Lay it out. Reshoot the whole end. From the moment (laughs) Peter walks in there. From the moment Peter walks into the restaurant, the rest of that movie's gone. New movie. Y'all have seen Up, right? Uh-huh. Oh, God, what the fuck? Peter pulls out, pulls out the piece. Molly, you got to go because I love Sam. Bam. <gasps> and then it's the opening to Up. <laughs> and then it's the opening to Up, you know, with the piano music and they're all hanging out. And then and when the piano gets... Love- when the piano gets slow, they're holding hands on the plane, and then Devin Sawa's getting drug out. Then they look at each other, roll credits. Done. That's all you need. I love you. <laughs> I'm so glad that I told you to prepare for this. Thank you so much. 
I have had this prepared since you were like, do you want to come on? This is what my podcast, I watched it. I'm like, well, I'm going to have to have this prepared. Oh, I've had wow, this in the tank for months. You really are your mother's son, you know? You know, I'm so glad that I mentioned um, the whole Pixar 3D thing earlier because Up was very much the movie I was thinking of. When you said it, I was like... <laughs> Thing. hold it in hold it in <laughs> and y'all were like oh uh peter not now's not the time you're ruining a romantic moment no he was making one wow wow you're right one. you're right i'm so sorry I was, how could i have been so daft what a great Molly, we don't peter. have the vision you know we mm-hmm. don't you, have the, the vision from the top i'm team peter Oh, wow. you, you sure oh, did, and God. I went, huh? But now I Problematic see. foreshadowing. foreshadowing. If he did it for love, we can God. excuse a little murder. Um, Look at those eyebrows. Can you blame him? He's got to do what he's got to do. <laughs> no wonder he's fucking a 22-year-old intern. You know what I mean? He's just following the route of toxic masculinity until life comes crashing into him, forces him to really reckon with who he is and what he wants. And why is wow, he so yeah. against Molly the whole time? It doesn't make You're sense. You're so right. You're so right. I've been right. dropping little, little sprinkles, little Hansel little and Gretel sprinkles. Okay. Wow. This is, wow, wow. Great foreshadowing for your own twist ending. <laughs> for I- my own. <laughs> Wow, there's foreshadowing within the podcast episode. Is this meta? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think I have anything else to say after that. That was perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, FD4 is definitely the straightest, but this one is pretty straight too. Um, Even though I have gay feelings about Olivia, but yes, oh, Olivia can be cut it. But yeah, she, yeah, I feel she that. does strip in front of Candace. She's a um, chaos bisexual for sure. For oh, sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Other than that, everybody's pretty, pretty straight. She's got that same like, like raven haired look that a lot of women have that bewitch me body and soul. So I was like, mm. oh my god. <laughs> Nathan could have. We don't see any love interests for Nathan. You know what I mean? Nathan could have um, had a boyfriend. A lot of tension between him and Roy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of it, and that's why sexual. he was so fucked up because he killed his secret love, who he had a hate fuck relationship with. Oh my god, poor Nathan, he's seen so much. Poor Nathan. <laughs> also, Dennis, um, I feel like could be gay. I think Dennis is absolutely gay. Todd Packer, I like that. That works for me. I, I'll co-sign. Isaac though does not get to be gay. Isaac is a straight. No, he's not in the co- community. He's not in the community. No, he's literally the worst. So he can be a straight man. <laughs> Send him to straight jail. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, then that brings us to where would Maddie Lily fit into this film? Um, I don't have any immediate ideas. Did you prepare for this one too, Spencer? I want him to be Sam. Oh, oh, he's the protagonist down. <laughs> I like that actor, though. And I like that his hair started out really bad and then it got good throughout. And I thought that was great character growth. I want him as Roy. Um, okay. And instead of going through the head, through the chest, he's feeling woozy. <laughs> he's feeling woozy. And I just I feel like. He does best as like not an antagonist, but like 
a semi like, ah, you know, I'm different than you guys, but I'm still here. You know, I feel like that's yeah. where he fits in. I feel, I feel like he could be stirring up trouble like Roy was. A little mischievous. <laughs> he also could have been a great Dennis. Yeah. I mean, he would have killed it as Dennis yeah. for sure. But also yeah, Tom Packer is so well. funny in that role. Yeah. Yes. I love Dennis as Dennis. Dennis as he stands. <laughs> he could have been um, the head chef in the restaurant where Sam works, who comes over and tastes his beef bourguignon and says, the customer is an asshole. This is perfect. <laughs> oh, I loved that part. I loved all the chef parts. I wish he could have gone to Paris and lived out his chef life. It's very sad. He seems like he was good at it. But instead, maybe he was so good that he was able to work a limited schedule compared to all of the other line cooks. And that's how he could hold down corporate America job and culinary job. Understandable. He looks cute in the little cap, too. He did look cute in the little cap. Anyway, those are lots of good placements, though. Lots of good options for Maddie Lily. Those are beautiful options. Who is the dumb bitch of this movie? Um, Yeah, I think (laughs) here's the one who actively decides other than perhaps maybe in the spontaneous spur of the moment, Nathan style. Peter is doing full, um, what's it called? Murder. Yeah, exactly. That's the First one. degree murder. Yeah, yeah he, there's there's malice involved. He's earning a life sentence. Also, Isaac gets a nomination as well. Oh, For just I, being yeah, a dumb bitch guy. in general. Yeah. I'd like to nominate the doctor. Oh. First well, off. He did leave. Come prepared. Bring your files. Second off, don't leave your patient with her eyes sticking out. Third off, turn off the machinery. You're wasting electricity. Think of the bill. Mm-hmm. And I mean, thank you. I, I'd like to. I'd like to put him on the block. He's okay. a good one. He's a good He's one. A good nomination. Also, whoever cleans up the gym. Mm. I, I feel <laughs> like you should keep, or the coach of the gymnastics team, you should keep a an eye out for the equipment. Maybe sure. let's not use a electrical device that all of the like protective stripping has been ripped off very obviously so everyone can see not that electricity is what ended it in the day end but that it still was very dangerous yes it was very that. stressful for us yeah <laughs> uh i think the ultimate though is either peter or isaac for me but i'm down to let it lie as a tie I'm sold on the Peter as romantic hero journey. And so I'd like to give it to Isaac, I think. Isaac deserves I hated it. him more. I hated him. Yeah, Isaac is the it. worst. When it comes so to dumb bitch vibes being vibes based, he wins. Mm-hmm. Toxic vibe, rancid vibes. As rancid. rancid. <laughs> that brings us to our knives out of five. So Chelsea, I've heard that this might be the most well-received of the Final Destination movies. Is that true? Yeah, it's actually really interesting. I pulled up my notes for all of the other ones so I could compare. Um, This movie got a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb, which is like, I think, um, pretty middle of the road compared to the other four. But what's really interesting is the first one from critics. This is from critics right now. The first one got 35% rotten. The second one got 48% rotten. The third one got 44% rotten. And the fourth one got 27% rotten. But this one was very well received by critics. It got 62%, which is fresh. The only one deemed fresh by critics. However, the first one 
um, from audiences got 68% fresh. The second one got 58%, which is rotten. The third one got 57%, which is rotten. Um, and the fourth one did get 35%, which is the lowest, but the fifth one got 52%. So other than final destination for the final destination, this one has the lowest audience rating, but it's got the highest critics rating, which I just think is interesting. I think critics liked what they did with the end. I think critics appreciated the looping it back around equal aspect of it. Yeah. And I don't know why audiences didn't love that because I fucking love it so much. They weren't eagle eyed. They They, weren't paying attention. They felt duped, perhaps. Maybe they maybe it made them feel dumb for not picking it up. But I say let a film surprise you. It's not like they hid anything from you. You know what I mean? Like the signs were there if you're really paying attention. It's not like it's the kind of twist where they were lying to you ahead of time. They just didn't spell it out for you. It was beautiful. It was the perfect twist. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like people come to the Final Destination movies, some of them like without seeing any of the other ones before and they just want a death fest on screen. And so they're probably like, I don't fucking care. I don't get it. So that could have been that. Like me when I watched Annabelle Creation and it got to the end and I was like, I don't fucking care. What's this? You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you want to go first, Spencer, or do you want us to set the scene for you? Y'all set the pace because I don't want to blow the scale. We can tuck you somewhere in the middle, maybe, if you'd like. Just tuck me in. Tuck me in. Jump in when you feel so moved. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I'll go first. Um, I think this film is so fun. I think it's such a hallmark of the Final Destination franchise. The way that it, you know, the credits kind of build on the credits from FD4, which is fun. They're switching it up from the slow burn spooky reveal ones. Um, So they're in conversation with that. There's so many callbacks to other parts of the franchise. Um, I have a bunch of them in my notes from IMDb trivia. Um, But like, for example, the photo that um, Olivia has on her desk is taken from um, the roller coaster and FD3 where they went on like the devil's flight one. Um, They have just like a bunch of little things like that sprinkled throughout. Um, You know, they they always love to do the heist pale ale, um, which is fun because they they start that in FD2 and then it's in FD3 and FD4. Um, But there's like a lot of things like that. I think they just had on on the bus ride in the beginning, you see like a, a log truck driving by. Um, I just think they, they really had a blast putting this one together. Is it my favorite of the franchise? No. Um, that is obviously FD3. We all know FD3 supremacy in this house. That said, the ending is to me the best possible way to wrap up this franchise. I, that's why I have questions about FD6. I'm kind of like, okay, what could they do? I've got some ideas. I'm Look, I'm happy to let them continue the franchise at this point. I think this is the, this to me will always be the best way I have ever seen to wrap up a franchise. And it's so perfect for Final Destination. Um, So I'm willing to give this, I don't want to give it quite five knives out of fives because I don't want it to be quite in league with FD3. Um, 
But I think the ending for me makes up for any other complaints I might possibly have. It just like blows the film out of the water entirely. So I'm going to give it a 4.9 for that reason. I'm right there with you. I'm also going to give this a 4.9 because I don't know, like I at this late in a franchise, especially a franchise is as silly as Final Destination can be. Um, I really was not expecting this to be this good. I know that y'all had been like hyping it sort of, but you, you did a great job of keeping me in the dark, which I really Thank appreciate. You. I Thank found out you. last night that Chelsea was protecting me from listener comments that might have <laughs> spoiled it for me and like DMing the, the people to and like was like, like just like manipulating the, the situation so I wouldn't be spoiled by <laughs> these comments and I really appreciate that um because it was like the most refreshing exciting slap in the fucking face that I've ever had um this at this point in the film that, that ending it was so good and I I don't know they this is a it's a tired trope at this point everything in final destination like four hilarious we had a fun time but it was stupid and bad at the same time you know what I mean mm-hmm. like that like you it felt like it had gotten to a point where it was played out and this one they just did a better job at everything. Like the characters had a little bit of stuff going on with them. You had the comic relief, but it was darker and it had this whole murder aspect. It had two sexy cameos by Tony Todd with a sexy earring. Okay. And he whistles. I love whistling. Okay. This is just a little side note for me. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it had like everything that I could have wanted. It was it was awesome and it was really scary like I was really fucking freaked out it hit me in all of my special places that where I am felt filled with horror and and very sad no needles please no needles ever this one had 40,000 needles yeah the gymnastics and the LASIK death scene I think are like on par with the other best deaths of the franchise oh yeah 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 some say that the gymnastics one like did that formula the best and I'm I'm right there with them like that was like a plus a star um i don't know i i had a fucking blast i had a great time and i yeah 4.9 it was amazing i loved this movie i had such a great time it's not my favorite uh i'm gonna give this a 4.5 out of 5 uh i think if i had to rank my final destination one obviously Mm -hmm. three Mm -hmm. and then i think this one and then Mm the first one the first Mm -hmm. one has better like a better plot and all that kind of stuff because it's really setting everything up yeah this one I think more Tony more more, uh Tony Todd and then the end Mm -hmm. and the deaths I think put this one over the first one and the slasher twist exactly and then the second one and the opening is just like so good too yeah and then the second one and then the fourth one yeah I think my three one five two four but like similar Mm. and it's 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 a toss right like five and five and one can be interchanged depending on my mood but like yeah totally I am ready to become the bad guy we've (gasps) gotten along so well no I'm glad you guys have invited me here but Uh-oh. I would like to give this movie a 4.1. That's fine. Wait, why is, why is that That's not why I'm the bad guy. Oh, what's coming next? I would rank them. 
Oh, he's gonna shit on FD three. I like FD three, oh, but I think God. one and five are better. That's fine. That's fair. Do you like I... Mary Elizabeth Winstead? I do, but I like How Devin I... Sawa better. Oh, that's fine, I guess. And I, I think <laughs> the the biggest problem with I have with this one is that uh-huh. I just I really like practical effects. So when yeah, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. and I know it's 2011, you know, and CGI is the thing. I still think there's too much of it, and I think that it's just a product of its time. Totally. But I, you know, it's still it's got the best ending. I think you're per- y'all are all correct. It it's just the perfect bookend. I have no idea where six is gonna fit in because I mean, exactly, it feels like tied up with a perfect bow. Exactly. Yeah. I was so mad also, when they first announced six, but also having done Final Destination Summer, I'm like, it's so fun. Okay. I never wanted to yeah. end. Okay. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Keep it I going. Mean, realistically, like in a vac, if you just have this one of the movies, none of them are on paper really, really good movies. They're just so much fun. Yeah. Okay. Like, they don't need to be good be if they're fun. No. <laughs> exactly. But I would, pr- I'd give it a 4.1. Just the plots there, the twist is amazing. Characters are better than all of them. I just, the CGI knocks it down for me. No, no. I mean, that part in the very opening scene where Sam gets sliced in half by that big old thing and then his and body, then like, falls. CGI, like, floats towards the screen and it's really close up on his CGI face. I'm like, this looks so fucking fake. <laughs> oh my God. That was a 3D thing with his big yeah. face coming into your face. We were Hate supposed that. to 3D Hate travel that. through him into the present. <laughs> hate it hate it more hate it more (laughs) oh my god well that is the end of final destination summer (laughs) no final destination summer forever forever we're just gonna start it over again next month and every (laughs) last week of the month for the rest of the podcast we'll recycle maybe this is your death premonition and we're gonna go back to the start of the summer oh i mean Put FD3 on this spooky take Tuesday list. (laughs) Okay, yeah, 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 that for sure. (laughs) And okay, we do have FD6 coming. What in whatever form it may be, we will have a blast in some way, shape, or form, and we'll get to see it in theaters. Oh, (gasps) 3D. Better be. That will be bring back 3D. We'll see. I'll be curious. (laughs) Yeah, it's the end. It's the end of the summer season. It's the end of the second season of Spooky Tuesday. But do you know what season it is? It is the season of the witch. The season of the witch. Oh my God. We're starting it out with something really good. Tell them, Sydney. We are starting season three kicking off spooky season with Halloween three. We have decided to say fuck Halloween two because <laughs> Halloween three is a standalone movie, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I've never fucking seen this in my life. 
Yeah, um, I've only seen the original Halloween, which we used to start spooky season at the end of April. So I think it only makes sense that to really welcome it in now that everyone in the world is on our spooky page, um, that we use another Halloween movie to do it. And I sure am curious to see what a Michael Myers list Halloween movie looks like. It's it's different. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's different. Um, from what I've heard, it was uh critically reviled at first and people fucking hated it. And now people like it a lot. And usually when that's the case, I like it a lot. So I have high hopes. <laughs> I think we're gonna have a good spooky time. So it's about to get Halloween into hyperdrive in more ways than one. I'm so excited for our lineup for October, but no spoilers. And so excited for a whole new spooky season of Spooky Tuesday. Season three, baby, let's go. So it's a great opportunity. It's a, it's a transition time for us. You just heard me cry, weep openly on the podcast and say how I'm so sad that Final Destination Summer is over. Why not console me? By giving me a five-star review, giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's the only thing that will heal this rupture in my soul without Final Destination Summer. So Monica needs this, you guys. I need, I really does. I'm asking for help. (laughs) (laughs) And why not- I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. Um, And why not seal the deal by following us on social media? We're at spooky underscore Tuesday on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Spooky Tuesday Pod on Facebook and Tumblr and at Spooky Tuesday on Letterboxd. We also have a YouTube, but more importantly, Spencer, would you like to plug your socials? Because thank you so much for coming on the episode today. You fucking killed it. And I love that you're now part of the Spooky family as Sydney's son. Thanks, guys. Uh, But you know, you don't really don't have to follow me because death is chasing me uh, after escaping the racetrack. so well, yeah, you want to go die at the end, going, of this episode. at the end of this episode. Like, I feel the wind. Don't oh my God, him. it's your It will only be moment. sad as they turn it into the memorial page. So sad, so sad. You can write. Rip. You did a really good job on that one episode of that one podcast, and that would be a really nice in memorial. Put that what on a way the to go out! Yeah, and buried me here- with all of my things like a pharaoh. But here's the thing: you want to know what the last words that he's gonna hear are? Bye, spooky. I don't make the rules. I just clean up after the game is over. Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara. And our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore OMG. 